Welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. On today's show, we will talk about starting your study for the December sitting and how looking after your well-being and building your resilience early will give you a better chance of passing your exam. In our new stories, we continue a theme of why constantly building your skills is a good idea and what might be next for the Renault-Nissan deal. We'll finish off with some student questions that might help you in your studies. Hello, my name is Alan and I'm joined today by Katie. Hi, everyone. And before we start today, we did an interesting poll on Instagram that some of you might have been part of. And today's question was, did you find your exam difficult? And we had 83% of you who said, yes, your recent ACCA exam was very difficult, which is probably um, probably the number we would have expected, I guess. Um, There's obviously people who come out feeling pretty confident, but I think when you do an ACCA exam, you're never really sure, even if you're confident. And so I kind of admired the people who admitted they were confident (laughs) and and enjoyed it. Um, So as I said earlier today, uh, we're talking about well-being and um, we're going to introduce that word resilience and how it's important so Katie, well-being and sleeping and eating well and doing your yoga and all those <laughs> wonderful things that, that people do to look out to themselves. I think when people are studying hard, they forget those things. Yeah, and I think um, the stage we're at now, like we're very early in this study journey, if you want to call it that. And now is the time that you can kind of afford the luxury of having bringing that balance into your study plan. So our study plans are tailored to kind of reward you if you start early and um, you know, this this learning experience, it shouldn't take over your life or it shouldn't be, you know, the most horrible three months of your life. Learning should kind of complement your life and it should enhance your life, improve your, develop your career. So I think, yeah, like starting early is important, but it it just means the, the study plans are done in a way that we don't want you to, you to be doing like 10 hour days from day one. It's kind of about doing little and often and building up the knowledge that way. So... I mean, going for your walk or your run or to the gym or to the cinema or whatever it may be, it, it's not actually a waste of time in the beginning. It's actually an important part of the study process because it's the best way to clear your head and to refocus, I suppose, especially when you're getting stuck or caught up on something. It's, it's definitely far too early to get involved in the, I only slept four hours last night. No, I only slept three hours last night. I was studying more than you. Yeah. I think that's the You have to pace most, yourself. Yeah. But it's what people should avoid that kind of... I studied 10 hours or I hardly slept because I was studying, seeing that as a sign of making progress. And like, it's a long, it's a long haul to get to your exams. And it is important that you start early, but it's certainly, you, you can't go 100% all of the time. And with the rest of your life, there has to be some give and take. Yeah, in, I think at the start, it's just about getting into that routine, isn't it? Kind of determining maybe your study style or deciding, well, what days of the week will I realistically be able to study and kind of going from there, like get, get into the routine and take your kind of regular breaks in between. Yeah, that routine or a habit is... is yeah, like getting into the habit, yeah. Yeah, and it's nearly saying like, okay, my I decide that I'm going to study every Thursday night from yeah. 7 till 10 or whatever it might be. And when I get to 7 o'clock on Thursday, because there are going to be times when you don't want to study um, or you want to, oh no, I think I'll watch some TV instead. At least you get into the habit. There'll be some... Um, kind of inner guilt, if you want to call it that, that might make you just say, no, it's my study time. I have to do it. And I think the hardest part about anything, whether it's you talked about running and you talked about exercise or study, the hardest part is actually the initial starting point. It's actually yeah, sitting definitely down. definitely getting and started. And it's like the first five minutes or 10 minutes of anything are often the hardest because it is the getting started. But after that, I think 
you kind of get into it and time will move a bit faster and you will feel you'll feel better afterwards and you'll feel better armed to actually do your exams in the future. Yeah. And you you mentioned that word resilience. I think um, like a big factor in determining whether you're going to pass or fail this exam is whether you can win those daily battles, because every day in the study journey, it is somewhat of a battle and a battle with yourself. Like it's making those decisions like, oh, my friend asked me to go to the cinema. I really want to go, but I know I should be doing this. Well, are you going to choose to go or are you going to do what you know you should be doing? Like, you know, you won't always do the right thing and you're you're always going to have bad days. But yeah, it's just that resilience, like not getting too disheartened if that does happen, just picking yourself up again, recognising that that was a bad day and just starting again the next day. Yeah, well, I think that that word resilience, um, certainly for me and, and for students listening to the podcast and even interacting with Learn Signal, you're going to see a lot more of it um, over this sitting and future sittings because I think it's um, it's what you nearly have to build up. And, um, and we've talked about like people doing kind of ultra- exercise things or running marathons in the past and exams are no different than you can't just you can't very few people and, and we know some can some people can decide two weeks before a marathon I'm going to run a marathon and run it no problem but I think most people can't and I think it's the same with exams you have to build up your training and you have to build up that resilience um, and to to holding that knowledge and to applying that knowledge and that ha- can't happen quickly and you're sitting there thinking, I haven't even got my results yet. I should wait until I get my results in the middle of October and then I'll start studying. Um, And again, that works for some. But if you failed an exam in the past, you have to think, well, that mightn't work for me. And you have to start building that knowledge base now. And it's really important. And like, there's no student out there that wants to fail. There's none of you out there that want to do badly in an exam. You all want to get your ACCA qualification as quickly as possible. Um, but then like listen to some of this advice and maybe take it on board and, and maybe try something different even try it for one sitting even for one sitting say no um, I might actually do exactly what they suggest this time yeah. <laughs> and they might actually for do change. Yeah. and they say oh study for, for 12 weeks I think I'll study for 12 weeks I'll follow the study plan and just do it once and see if it actually works because Lots of you are probably sitting there shaking your head going, oh, that's not for me, that's not for me, that's not right for me. But like, you don't know what's right for you until you try it at least once. Yeah, exactly. And, and getting involved in that and then telling us why it worked or why it didn't work. And to be honest, some of the feedback we get from students when they are successful um, are those students who say, like, it was really hard, I followed what you said, I didn't always want to do it, but it worked in the end. Yeah, uh, that's important. And that, that's a really important part of this process as well is kind of reinforcing the bigger picture in your head, like especially in the early stages, if you're getting a bit down or a bit disheartened, like just keep remembering that bigger picture. Why did you choose to do this exam in the first place? And kind of just think about that feeling you get when you see that word pass after your exam, hopefully. Um, and just let that be your kind of driving factor to just keep the head down and keep going, keep doing your little bit every day. Yeah, and I think the important thing to know when you're listening to this is we're not just making this up. This isn't just a crazy idea that we think is right. Yes, we start off with a, a plan or a premise and we think if students did this, that would be right. Then students do it and they share their experiences and we adapt it and we'll continue to adapt it. And maybe what we do in the next sitting will be slightly different than this sitting or in the next year might be different than now. But it's all about you trying things and giving feedback and the feedback of saying, I just don't, didn't have time. Um, I think right now everybody could make 
an hour a day free for four or five times a week. I think everybody can everybody can find a way. If you're really serious about doing your exams, if you can't do that, maybe you should consider not doing the exams. But if I think everybody could find that if you're serious about becoming an accountant, as I keep on saying, one or two years of doing an exam um, in exchange for a really good 25, 30, maybe even more years of a career, I don't think that's a bad, bad change over. Um, I don't think that's a, a bad trade-in, really. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you have to start thinking about now and, and forget about thinking of shortcuts or, oh, I might do this better or I might be... I might find a better way of doing it or there's an easier way of doing it or if I try it this way, I might pass. It's really time to forget about that because... Yeah, just kind of manage your expectations, I think. Well, when you do pass your exams or if you're in a job now, it's not going to be... They're not going to be looking for people who can magically do things at the last minute or just about get good quality. They're going to want people who have a history of knowing how to plan something, knowing how to put something together, knowing how to execute something comfortably and to a standard that everybody would be happy about. And I think that's what I expect in, in the work life, that, that should be what you're delivering now. Yeah, and we've just been hearing a bit about kind of like these external pressures. Like, for example, when I did my final exams, I would have been in a big company at the time and we were all very aware that when the results came out, they were sent around the whole company. So that's just, this is just an example of some kind of external pressure. But you just have to remember at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing it's your life it's your exam you're in control um, obviously yeah like it's fine to ask for advice and we actually see a lot of that on the webinars as well students helping each other out but you really can't compare what you're doing to what anybody else is doing every single person out there has their own study style and you, you, these early stages are kind of about finding out what works for you as well like you might work better in kind of shorter uh, more intense bursts kind of of study or you might like spread it out a bit more, but um, yeah, I think it's just like you know, even at the end of the day, if this doesn't, if it doesn't go your way, you just always have to remember there's alternatives to getting what you want. There's always different ways of doing things. Um, you 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 know, your exams aren't going to dictate whether you're a success or a failure or a good or a bad person or whatever it is. It, it just just always remember there's ways around doing things and try and stay positive. Like this is just a really important time for a positive mindset and, and a positive approach to these exams. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. So this week's news stories, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, the first one, Katie, is about upskilling and how if we don't keep upskilling and learning, we could be very easily replaced. Yeah, so I suppose this first one kind of centres around this artificial intelligence area, advancing technology um, so we've seen over 120 million workers throughout the world will need to be retrained in the next three years, according to an IBM survey. And this is because of the changes that, you know, IT and artificial intelligence is bringing to the workplace. Um, from the survey, they're now saying that in 2014, it would have taken three days to close a skills gap. Now they're saying this year it would take 36 days. So my own take on this is probably... You know, th- this isn't just like this year that this whole digital era is, you know, after a blow. Like we, we've been in this digital age for the last number of years. So sometimes I think it's important to look at the more constant factors like the like the soft skills, the human skills. I mean, skills like 
communication, cooperation, teamwork, the ability to lead a team, the ability to meet deadlines. I mean, those things don't really change per industry or per era. Um, I mean, I mean, like, what would be your take on it, Alan? Well, I think in fairness to ACCA, um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to recognise that they're required they're, um, that the ACCA qualification isn't all about just doing numbers because there's been systems well able to calculate these numbers for a long time now and that it is about kind of having a, a strategic focus, having a people focused, yeah. being able to, that, that term, add value to a company. And I, and as of yet, anyway, artificial intelligence isn't necessarily... The robots repeat, haven't taken over yet. The robots <laughs> haven't taken over yet. Maybe in a, maybe next year <laughs> you'll hear very robotic voices on this <laughs> On this um, on this podcast, we won't even need our producer Kevin anymore. They'll just be able to produce their own podcast. But I think uh, I think it is important that you're constantly building up skills. And what people should look out for is not just building up skills in the areas that they're familiar with. Um, it's like what we do in our CBD courses. We've been doing blockchain. We've been doing cryptocurrency. It's it's the industries that that generally surround you that you have to keep up to date because. You never know what your job will bring tomorrow, what a new job might bring tomorrow, what opportunities might arise. And I think most employers in an interview type setting are looking for you constantly evolving, whether it's kind of individual skills or whether it's personality wise. But they're they're looking to show for you to show that you can change, that you can evolve. Quickly that you can add be, the, the changing business environment. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where... Um, you mentioned that we've been in this age for a while, but yeah, it's also been, um, I think there's an element of it can make people, some people lazy, um, that all the information is at the fingertips. But it's one thing yeah. having access to the information. It's another thing understanding. No and, I think and I think that's what people have to start adjusting to. So Nissan um, and Renault are, is our next story. And um, I guess... Most people hear about when mergers or acquisitions uh, go badly. You don't hear a lot of when they go well, except for nice results. Um, and historically, there's been a lot of, especially when it's very culturally different. And I guess you couldn't ask for too many different cultures combining together than Japan and France in the in Renault and Nissan agreement. And they're running into more issues. Yeah, so maybe just to give a little bit of background, um, Nissan have been the subject of a fair bit of scandal, you could Just say, maybe, the last while. Um, earlier this year, their chairman was arrested uh, for financial misconduct and um, the, the chief executive that effectively replaced him as such um, is now resigning next week um, following allegations of kind of inflating his stock-based performance compensation. Well, he overpaid himself, basically. Yeah, well, I think he's Wouldn't denying we all, it. Though, we'd all love to overpay <laughs> ourselves by mistake. Um. Yeah, so like in the last few months, I mean, Nissan has, they've announced plans to slash, I think, 9% of the workforce and that they are seeing falling profits. Um, like, do, do you think this will have a massive impact on your average person going out to buy a Nissan car? Like, I, I don't, I really, I, yeah, because I, that, like, agree. there's a reason why Volkswagen is still yeah. one of the biggest selling cars in the world. <laughs> and you kind of, and they had the biggest kind of emissions at a time when, um, kind of global warming is heightened. Yeah. That one of the biggest car companies in the world has an emission scandal and people go, isn't that, isn't that terrible? Yeah. I think I'll have it in blue though. <laughs> and, and I think there's a, there's a big element. So will it stop people? I don't know. Um, but, and it's not that, but when you see people kind of marching streets of against the G7 and against globalization, it's, and, and 
one of their their views are like the top people in the world are having such an impact on the larger majority and 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 is it fair and so the this merger has financial scandals has run into many roadblocks and there's probably many more we don't even know about but it's the nine percent worldwide of Renault Nissan staff which is a quite a large number is going to suffer in the end and I'm not too sure um that's fair because you would think at this stage and the scandal after scandal after scandal and people think no surely they've learned this time surely no company would make the same mistake but the only thing you can guarantee after a scandal is that soon enough there'll be another scandal yeah true. um and especially in in financial ways and you think all the and you look at a subject like SBL and ACCA, you look at like talking about audit committees and management committees and the role of the board and the role of the chairman and the role of the CEO and you can go through, yet yeah, these things can still happen yeah. in, a, in, a, in a company made of two brands that have been around for a very long time and people kind of trust. Yeah. So do I do think, do I think it'll make a difference to their sales? Not in my opinion. Maybe I'd be surprised one of these days, but I, but I don't think so. They'll just reduce prices by 10% and everybody will flock. So, yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, th- I think even just part of the issue, it wasn't solely um, down to this, the falling profits. I think um, the chief executive was saying about the former chairman that he was kind of too focused on increasing market share and that kind of undermined profitability and actually making, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I just read that this morning. But Rule, um, rule number one is always blame the last guy. <laughs> the guy who's gone, blame him. Each week, at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So we're just going to look at some student questions. And as usual, we've got lots of um, questions from you guys through our help desk. And I know this week we're trying to become more and more active on Instagram. So do do find us there and, and join in with any of the conversations. Um so I guess one of the questions this week, because it's so early and people, um, especially people who possibly didn't do an exam in September um, and maybe haven't done an exam for one or two sittings or coming back now thinking, I haven't done an exam in a while. I need to make progress. Uh, I want to do an exam in December, but I've got, if I describe my own life, I've got three kids and a busy job. And I also like doing this and I like playing football and I like going out with my friends and I like doing all of these things. And I'm just too busy to study. And uh, and what do I do? Because it's kind of, it, it's can be a hard, it can be a hard enough decision, really. And like, what do you give up? Do you give up sleep? Do you, and sometimes, uh, Katie, they don't even know what is enough study at this stage and what's like, how do they even kind of put together a plan at this stage? Yeah, well, that that's kind of, that's the beauty about our study plans. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're designed so that like I've mentioned earlier in the podcast, like these exams, they shouldn't really take over your life. If you can, if you're in a position to start at an early stage, it it gives you the luxury of not having to cram a a load of material into each day. Like you don't, you don't have to give up the things you like doing. In fact, I'd encourage you if you, if you, you know, if you train for a particular team or something or you're part of something, don't don't give it up. Like that, that could be nearly the most important part of your week, just getting out for that hour or two. And like I said, coming back and refocusing. So like, yeah, the beauty about online studying is it is so flexible and, you know, you can do this on your commute into work. Um, The videos are kind of between five and 15 minutes. There's kind of no excuse. If you have made the decision that this is what you want to do, 
you know, either you want to do it or you don't. If, if you don't have time, just don't do it. But it's kind of with the way our study, study plans are structured, um, that there kind of shouldn't be an excuse if, if you can start early enough. I sometimes compare studying to diets, which people would be thinking, looking very critically right now. But it's like it's this type of thing that you're really committed to doing it and you, and you do a certain amount for a while and you put all your effort in and then you get a little bit derailed. So maybe you have a bad day. Mm. And then it's you going think, to happen. oh, well, if I'm having a bad day, I might as well be a really bad day. And sure, there's only a couple of days left in the week, so I'll start again next Monday. And I think the hardest thing about a diet or study or anything like this is that when it isn't going right, when you don't have the time, when you miss a day or two, not to think, oh, well, that's it. It's all over with. That's it. I'm yeah. not doing it again. It's ruined. It's and to, and to really kind of say, no, OK, I've had a bad few days or I've had a bad week. Yes, it wasn't great. But the longer I leave this going on, the less I'm going to study and the less prepared I'm going to be. So it's not necessarily, the starting can be easy, but when it doesn't go to plan, when it doesn't go exactly as expected, it's important that um, you guys react well and kind of say, no, I'm going to take control back. Yeah. And I think when, especially when you're studying, because you, the, when you start feeling like you're losing control, that's when you panic. And that's when you think, I don't know anything. I'll never pass this exam. And it's really hard to recover from that. And I think the important thing is is to learn learn the plan, follow the plan like Katie suggested. But it is going to go wrong. Be prepared. There is going to be a day, a week, whatever it might be, that's not going to be as planned. Yeah. And it's about how you take back control um, of your own destiny, if you want to put it a really uh, grandiose way. But <laughs> it really is take control of your study, take control of your own life. And always in the back of your mind, why are you doing this exam? And if you if you have a good reason for doing that, that's what you need. To, it's like your mission statement. No matter what happens, you have to keep on pointing back to your mission statement. I want to pass these exams. And if that's what you want to do, um, you need to take back control. And sometimes you'll feel like you're losing it, but as quickly as you can take that back, it'll be more beneficial for you. So I think that's where we leave it this week. Um, all the best with your yoga and relaxation over the weekend <laughs> in between all your studying. Um, and we'll talk to you again next week. Talk soon.